Welcome to The Divorce Podcast, a podcast that explores divorce, separation and co-parenting here in the UK, countering the often sensationalist way it's portrayed in the media, challenging the status quo and driving for reform. On each episode, I'm joined by experts to discuss divorce, separation and co-parenting from different angles. I'm Kate Daly, a relationship counsellor and divorce coach, co-founder of Amicable and host of The Divorce Podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Ian Soares. Ian is chief executive of charity Fagans, the creator of Dad Info. Fagans is a UK Christian charity that focuses on supporting mental health and has championed childhood since 1870. Dad.info was established in 2008 as a new generation men's lifestyle channel and the leading voice for dads. Dad.info celebrate the changing role of dads with engaging, helpful, practical, entertaining resources and content for every stage of a dad's journey, including divorce and separation. It's the largest connected community of actively involved dads. Welcome, Ian. Thank you very much, uh, Kate. It's really good to be here. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's start then, if we may, Ian, by just tell me a little bit about why you created dad.info. So uh, there's a long involved history, but vegans primarily, as you said uh, in your very kind introduction, uh, is a mental health charity. So we provide qualified counselling to, to young children, about four or 500 every week. And one of the things that we see coming out of our therapy rooms is some of the challenges that f- fall out from family breakdown and divorce and separation and so on. And actually, when we um, looked at uh, that info, and uh, we acquired it a few years ago. One of the things it was doing uniquely was speaking into very complex family situations, particularly divorce. So whilst it's got this kind of major narrative, if you like, of being the best dad you could be, interestingly, people who are using the sites, uh, 45% of them are uh, female. And its unique voice is really speaking into some of the pain and challenges uh, of divorce and separation. Right. So it's not exclusively for divorce and separation, but it sounds like it's that's one of the main thrusts of the sorts of information you provide and the, and what people are looking for. Essentially, you know, when people come to that info or similar websites, you know, they're, they're reaching out for help or support or guidance. For most of us, you know, uh, mums or dads, you know, parenting is always a very uh, challenging time. Uh, <laughs> and and we, 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 do, we do speak to that. But I think sometimes with divorce and separation as, as parents, that's when we're really on our back foot. We've never done that before. We're not sharing it with many people. And, you know, for, for many of us, we're looking for a community that uh, understands some of the uh, pain and trauma that we've gone through uh, or are going through. And we're looking for someone to support us and inform us. So, yeah, we tend to get a preponderance of that, mainly because it's in a, the range of uh, parenting experiences Perhaps looking after our children through separation is one of the most painful, and that's when we reach for help uh, the most often. And what sort of topics do you tend to cover? What are the most commonly asked questions from dads at that time when they're divorcing or separating? I think the most common question is, is this normal? Is this usual? (laughs) Does everybody else experience that? And, uh, and obviously having a community of people to gather around. But, you know, when we, we have a big forum, there's about 40, 41,000 people in this forum and a new user comes on and those sort of things come out often uh, wrapped in, in confusion, frustration, even anger. 
actually, it's really great to see people who've been around a while who are further down the process, both, you know, perhaps uh, legally, but also emotionally gathering around them saying, hey, mate, just take a breath. It's going to be OK. Um, so the, the topics that we cover, we'll cover everything from parenting in lockdown to uh, having complex conversations with your children, not just about separation and divorce, but about as they grow up, as they become adolescents, their sexuality and maybe ideas and insights into what does being a great dad mean. And, and I think particularly for men, we've lost sight sometimes of the role of fathers. And we try to release a lot of articles into that particular space saying, actually, you've got value. Whether you're uh, living with your children or you're not, you've got value and you've got something to add to that. But of course, our demographic means that we keep that, you know, those conversations as open as we can, because we've obviously got a lot of mums looking at that website as well. Well, it's interesting you say that, isn't it? Because I would have thought Dad Info would just attack, maybe naively, that Dad Info <laughs> attracts the dads. And there, there seem to be very, a, a large number of websites dedicated to mums and, and parenting from a mum's perspective. So how do you keep that uniqueness we wrestle with this question day in, day out. We speak to the dads primarily. That's our voice to make sure that they know. Uh, often when you're going through uh, separation and divorce as a, as a dad, there's a significant loss of identity that you didn't factor in at the beginning of that process. You know, you know, I'm not just um, a, co- a co-partner. I'm, I'm a father to my children. And if the children aren't there, you go, well, what am I? So look, just, you don't you just lose one part of your life. Uh, for many dads, it can feel like, uh, they've lost a whole part of their identity and they don't know. Uh, and, and, you know, often mums can make it look as though they're coping really well. <laughs> you think, well, am I needed? What's my role? And there's two answers to that, that yes, you are needed and, and maybe articulating what that role is. But also actually saying, well, uh, actually your job is to continue to support however great uh, your ex-partner is doing. Uh, you, you know, she, she will need support in raising the children and your children need to be, uh, need you as well. So that we don't have um, a, a great divide between dads and mums, we you know we we reject that. You know, very much we want to support and care for fathers, but we want to do that in the in the context of healthy co-parenting and uh, in a way that's supportive of women in general and, and, and mums in particular. Yeah, because it's it's very easy when you you know go onto some social media sites for things to become quite polarised and almost like battle lines between mums and dads. And it always makes me sort of die a bit inside when I see those sorts of conversations where, you know, there is a desire to polarise and then to have to take sides. What sort of techniques or what sort of tactics do you have to be able to try and keep the conversation as a parenting conversation rather than, as I say, battle lines? So, you know, when we're talking just prior to this uh, podcast, Kate, you're talking about uh, co-parenting. And, um, you know, one of the underlying themes of what we're trying to say as a therapeutic organisation, as much as a website, is that kids need their parents, you know, uh, mum and dad. And that um, from a therapeutic perspective, from a child's perspective, actually the war of, of mum and dad, you know, you might win a, a small you know, battle, you know, with your ex-partner. But the damage done uh, to, to young children in particular, but all children, uh, can be very deep indeed. And so what we're saying is actually, you know, the guns have got to come down. You've got to do this together. You've got to figure out a way of, of presenting a united front to your children, even in the, the vortex and the pain of, 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 of separation and divorce. Because although that might be really hard for you, however hard it is for you, it's going to be harder for them. 
we often explore with dads and um, and in fact parents. Uh, so I work with uh, parents of, of both genders as a, as a practitioner. But we often explore what it would look like for an eight-year-old child that perhaps they've got if they can have share everything about mum with dad and share everything about dad uh, with mum, and that they always feel safe when they're doing that, rather than thinking, "Oh, I can't talk to mum about that thing, that aspect of dad's life," or "I I can't talk to dad about." Uh, that aspect of mum's life because then essentially what the, the child is doing is becoming a, a, a negotiator or a politician trying to think what they are and able uh, and not able to say and the safest place in their world which should be with mum or with dad is no longer safe they can't share everything and that's quite a burden for young children to to, to hold so what we say is you know uh, dads you're great but you know in that mix mums you are great too and it's together that we're stronger. And as you say, the battle lines are false and they're unhelpful. And uh, I think, you know, for children uh, can be deeply hurtful. Yeah. And I think, you know, from our perspective, you know, from an amicable perspective, one of the places that seems to whip up those battle lines is if you if you go down a, a court process you instantly are set parent against parent. There is a somebody who's going to effectively win, in quotes, someone who's going to lose. There is a battle and there are hard decisions to be made by judges who don't know your family, don't know your children, have 20 minutes, if you're lucky, to prepare before sitting down with you. And how then, if it's such a hideous way of doing things, why do so many people still end up in that court system? And how can we as practitioners help people to stay away from the courts? Well, I, I think the, the mission of Amicable is um, a beautiful thing, which is to take the anger and emotion as best as it's possible out of the whirlwind of uh, divorce. And in terms of, you know, how do we keep families out of the law courts and why do they go in? I think often, um, in my experience of people going through, particularly in the early stages of divorce, they want their say in court. They, they want their justice. They want their, uh, their day of, 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 you know, righteousness or whatever. And, and actually, uh, that's just not what happens, as you know, Kate. Often we're left surely disappointed. And so I think when we're talking to families, what we're saying is if you're looking for that, you're not going to get it in a law court. The best thing you can hope for is justice for your children. And what that looks like is mum or dad uh, working together. And there's a whole, I mean, there's a whole thing you can unpack there, but uh, there is no justice in divorce. There is no day of you get your revenge. There isn't of that, you know, uh, really the law courts are there to be coldly set out a method of, of separation that, uh, as you say, is done by someone with limited and no knowledge of the family. And really, if only, if only mums or dads uh, understood that the experts in the room are them and that they are the best people to know what is best for their kids. And if only they can say, well, even if this person has hurt me greatly, I can see the value in them being in the lives of my kids. And I, you know, I promise you, man or female, dad or mum, Uh, that would be the message always uh, to all parents who are going through this. Yeah, I agree. It just feels like such a waste of time and money to force parents down that road. And I feel we need better information and and better ways of signposting to people to alternative help, don't we, that doesn't involve a court and a judge. Yeah, I think there's got to be a national conversation about what does um, separation and divorce look like, you know, and, and again, going back to some of the things we were talking about earlier, Kate, there just seems to be a, a misunderstanding about what the court process uh, achieves, what it's there for. And it is, you know, it's really a place of last resort. And I think actually the judges themselves 
uh, and the court system itself would, would say the same thing. And, you know, through lockdown, um, they struggled with the volumes, you know, and now a lot of uh, these issues have been settled over the telephone. And my goodness me, I wouldn't want to bet uh, my future relationship with uh, my kids over a 10 minute phone call. Uh, we, we need to say, look, as a national conversation, when you've come to the end of the relationship, there is no need for, you know, as parents, for you to, the whole thing to break down. Even if emotionally between the two of you it's broken down, uh, you can stay together. And I talk a lot about how do you tell your kids you're going to divorce, how, about separation and stuff like that. Some of the messages are good and some that are unhelpful. But what is not helpful is if your children see that you lawyer up and, uh, you know, like get like a lightsaber, you lawyer up and go to battle. And what are we teaching our kids in the middle of that? And what is happening to their security? And that's the conversation I think we need to have publicly and in compassion. You mentioned lockdown there and and the fact that the courts have been overwhelmed and overrun. What sort of questions are you being asked from dads during lockdown? What, What are the key concerns? So the huge thing, as you know, we just done a survey. And um, the interesting thing about the survey was we actually did the got the data just before lockdown. We're about to run the survey again. It's a survey of a, a thousand uh, recently divorced parents, five hundred uh, mums, five hundred dads. Uh, we're just about to run it again. And but even in that survey, it was done in sort of mar- late March, April last year. You're seeing the tick up in terms of access to children where that was already becoming complex. Um, over the last year, in, in that info in particular on the forums, the, the amount of time that uh, non-resident parents are getting with their children has just, it's just collapsed. You know, we're talking about 20, 30% of what they got before. And, you know, you might have got a weekend before, now you're talking about, you know, an hour or two. And there's a whole host of reasons why that might be. And, and you know, in every circumstance is different and so on. But uh, it has been particularly painful. COVID and lockdown has brought a whole rash of complexity to this. And part of that was the law courts didn't really operate effectively for three or four months. And when they did, it was by Zoom or by phone. And so the backlog, which was already big, had been got bigger. And now, of course, you know, bless them. But the, the, the legal system is trying to cope with really what I would say is a tsunami of, of complex family issues, which haven't got better with time. As you know, unresolved conflict doesn't tend to ease. No, exactly. And what sort of advice are you giving dads at the moment then? So let's just take a a typical example, as you've just outlined, is where the normal pattern of seeing your children has reduced. What can you say to a dad in those circumstances to help? And what's the way forward? Well, um, if I can start with the mums for a moment, I think there's a danger that, again, there's this kind of, we could easily toxify uh, mums are doing this and restricting access. And I and I think, you know, the UK has gone through an unprecedented time where parents are struggling with home education and they're struggling with uh, trying to keep their job down and flexible hours and half furloughed and loss of income and all that sort of stuff. And in the middle of that, of course, you've got the additional complexity of, of sharing, caring for your children. So in that context, it has become much more complicated for mums to be able to say, oh, yeah, sure, come anytime you want, because there's lockdown and there's uh, access restrictions and all sorts of things. So in that context, we say to dads, well, okay, it's going to be difficult, but if you get the hour, take the hour, take what you can do, keep the relationship strong, be upbeat with your ex as best as you can, try and make it work for them as best as you can. Uh, If that whole hour is all spent on homeschooling, just do the homeschooling because this is going to ease. And actually the most important thing, one of the things that we saw in the survey, Kate, was uh, it's quite a shocking number, but 38% of dads don't uh, see their children post-separation for a period of 
uh, up to four months post-separation. And what we're saying is, okay, with that kind of number, and, and it's like another 15% are greater than six months, with those kind of numbers, we just need to, to make sure that we make the use of the opportunity we've got. And what I would also say as a point of comfort that if you think an hour is not much time, that's true, but it's all a child needs. They just need to connect. They need to have that relationship. Doesn't matter whether you're doing maths or throwing a ball, even an hour a week, that's great. And you can always build on that and the kids will remember that. So what we're saying is take the hour or take the two hours, whatever you're getting. And as lockdown eases, as homeschooling eases, as March rolls on and the kids go back to school, and perhaps actually if we've done our best as dads to uh, engage with our children, bless our ex-partners as best as we can. Hopefully things will ease for us in terms of getting more time with our, our, uh, our children. That's, it's fascinating, the results of that survey. I mean, one of the things that we have seen is that in some ways, whilst of course there are lots of people for whom lockdown has been a real blocker to maintaining contact with their kids, for some of, certainly some of the people that we've been talking to where there's a commitment to do things more amicably, COVID's produced an opportunity as more parents, whether they're mums or dads, work from home. And it, it's created a flexibility, and particularly for dads, where at the moment it is still typically dads that work full time and mums that work part time. There have been more dads working from home and having that flexibility, and therefore either feeling empowered to say, Well, you know what, this is a way of working I want to maintain because I can have some of that extra time with my children I can do some of the after school care or I can do the if they're still being homeschooled I can still do the making lunch and everyone having a quick lunch together whatever all of those precious moments that occur in that casual downtime are more available to more dads and so we've seen quite a few dads have a complete sort of rethink about how they want their lives to look post-pandemic and I just wonder whether that's something you've come across at all. We absolutely have come across it. In fact, uh, full confession, I am one of those dads. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't really want to go back to my commute uh, prior to this. I don't want to go back to being in the office at eight o'clock. You know, um, I have relished being with my kids. Uh, and I, I, I would say it's, it's, it's a bit easier for mums and dads of older children, you know, who are, who are able to sort of self-motivate. Uh, if you've got a two or three-year-old, I know that's a, a different story. But yeah, I think there is a great opportunity for us culturally to seize this. And certainly my organisations, you know, we everybody's flexi working now. So everybody's obviously working from home. We've got a head office, it's empty. Uh, we could have gone back, we didn't. People's working hours are wrapped around their family, not around a random clock. And, I, you know, if, if people have got that, I would say, particularly to men, don't go back, you know, stand your ground in the workplace because actually the vast majority of families are going to be blessed from this whether they're together or separated is not the issue and and, and actually you know I would say for a separated um, dad sat at home it's an extraordinary opportunity because you know you, you're, the windows of opportunity a couple of years ago to see your kids were so limited into the weekend and now you're there and you can do homeschooling it's great you know and be there meaningfully in your children's lives the only thing I, you know what the surveys are showing is that whilst men definitely I think dads are making the most of that that lockdown has disproportionately impacted women in terms of workload, homeschooling, and so on like that. And I, I did a, you know, I did a podcast recently. I was just saying, man, <laughs> get your school thinking caps on and, and sit down with your kids and learn to do algebra again because it's important. We can't 
And I, but I think that's an opportunity for men, not a burden. You know, I think we should really embrace that and build relationships with our kids. Because our kids know, you know, they, they know they, they know who's investing in them. And without going through, you, you know, your background, uh, Kate, as a psychologist, you know that uh, one of the biggest demonstrations is of time and of commitment and of sacrifice that a parent can show to a child. And actually, you know, when you're doing maths with them, they will treasure that as much as going swimming. I'll tell you that much, and certainly more than a burger. And they might not value it at the time, but when they look back, they say, oh, my dad cared. Yeah, exactly. And I think this, we are in a, everybody says it, don't they? And I don't want to sound twee, but there is an opportunity within lockdown to change the social dynamic. Yes. But it, that whole idea of, you know, the kids needing both parents and, and needing different people at different times of their lives is so important and I just think with COVID we have an opportunity to redefine the world of work and if we redefine the world of work de facto we will open up many more opportunities to co-parent in different and innovative ways to the benefit of our kids. But again going back to a, a point you made prior to this Kate about the purpose and mission of Amicable this is easier that, that social change that you're talking about is easier outside of the toxicity of a blame-storming, lawyered-up, bitter, court-led divorce. You know, if once those emotions have been stirred, once those difficult days and difficult letters and horrible moments of, of you know, in the ping-pong of, of such a divorce have been stirred, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to row back. And, the, you know, the mission of Amical to, in a sense, create a, a foundation where you know, ex-partners, mum and dad can work together for their kids. It's just, that's what makes that that utopia that you just described possible. And also, Kate, if, I'm, if, you, if you don't want me saying so, it means that less children end up in our therapy rooms. And, you know, of those 450 children every week, 150 are in there because mum and dad did uh, the separation or divorce very badly. And that's, that's, I think that's sobering, a very sobering number. 150 children every week, one-to-one, with a qualified therapist trying to unwind um, some of the things that they heard and saw and understood. And, you know, that, you know, if we can do, if organisations like Amicable, and also I know it's a different part of that mediation uh, type approaches uh, where, you know, things have got a bit heated and so on. Um, I just think that's that's the way forward for the UK. And our law, our, our legal system's cut out for it. It's perfect for it. Uh, you guys are, are, you know, doing something extraordinary, which, you know, I think is, is, is exciting. And I'm glad it's growing so fast because I, I think it could be a, a real way of us doing family better um, and co-parenting better post-divorce and separation. So that, yeah, absolutely. I want utopia, but you've got to get the building blocks in there, Kate, and that's what you guys are doing. <laughs> exactly. Prevention is always better than cure, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Let's end on a couple of tips on prevention then. So if, you're, if you've got either a mum or a dad coming on the website at the very start of this process, they want to have the best possible opportunity to parent their kids. What are the basic tips? What are the do's and don'ts? Let's start with the do's. Uh, so do tell your children together and all together. Do do it alongside each other. Maintain eye contact. The kids look for that stuff. It's simple, but they do look for it. Do not do a blame storm in front of your children. Here's a difficult one. Endorse each other in front of your children. I think your mum's a great mum. I think your dad's a great dad. You don't need to say, he's the best man I've ever seen. She's such <laughs> a wonderful woman. Those words might turn into poison in the lips. I get that. But if you can endorse them as a parent and, you know, I just really want them to do well from here. I would say, here's a couple of don'ts. Don't tell them that you don't love each other anymore. 
Because actually what you're saying is once we loved each other, now we don't. Today we love you, tomorrow we might not. And although it seems like an obvious thing to do, if you can fall out of love with each other, perhaps you can fall out of love with your child. That's what they hear. It is important because a child will not be able to understand up to about the age of 12 or 13, the world of other. So it's really important that they know that it's not their fault. And you can't just say it's not your fault because they won't believe that. But you have to say, you know, we both adore you. You've, it's got to be language like you've done everything that we've ever asked. You're, you're so proud of you. We think you're so kind. You think you're so good. So they get the wave of approval and to say it's grown up stuff. It's great. One day, you know, we'll tell you, but it's grown up stuff, grown up stuff. And what the child hears there is it's nothing to do with them. If you sit down with anyone, say, if I sat down with my child and say, it's not your fault. Uh, everybody knows it's the English way of saying it's your fault. <laughs> so we have to be more creative than that and say how much we approve of them. So and then beyond that, a couple of, couple of tips. Try and set as much as you can in co-parenting common rules like on bedtimes and homework and so on. And if it's really difficult with your ex and you, you're trying to do everything, trying to speak positively of them and everything like that and you can't, blame the house. And, and this is how this works. So your child says to you, oh, daddy lets me go to bed at 10 o'clock. And you say, well, in this house, we go to bed at eight o'clock. And, and they say, oh, uh, daddy says that I can eat ice cream before I eat my cabbage. And you say, well, in this house, we eat our cabbage first. And what happens is instead of you being the bad cop, believe it or not, the house becomes a bad cop. And so much so that if your children are younger, they will one day say, sometimes I really hate this house. <laughs> <laughs> But it depersonalizes the good cat, bad cop, you know, and if you're suffering with that, that's maybe a tip that um, has helped a lot of people in the past. And that maybe, maybe I like that. I like that a lot. Well, look, we've run out of time, Ian. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for your time today. Where can people find you, find out more about you? So we've got two websites. There's the therapeutic website. And so that's for counseling and parenting and so on. And that's vegans.org.uk. That's F-E-G-A-N-S dot org dot UK. And then if you're a dad or in fact a mum and you're looking for support, you know, about, ah, oh, you know, I'm going through a tough time here. I want a community of parents that uh, can support me. Dad.info, just as simple as that, dad.info. And you'll find there's a, a great big forum there of every conceivable question and answer. It's all been answered there a thousand times and hopefully that'll be uh, of help to you. That's lovely. Thank you. And of course, you can find out more about our podcast and subscribe for updates by visiting thedivorcepodcast.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Kate underscore daily. Thanks so much, Ian. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Kate.